Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and let me start very quickly by expressing my gratitude and appreciation for everyone that reached out to me on my birthday last week. I mentioned on the podcast and I had a huge response. Brothers, I love you all and deeply appreciate the time many of you took to send me a note or an email or a response on the podcast. Look, even if you didn't send me something through action, I know that you delivered me best wishes through your mind. I could feel the love from all of you. Thank you so much. Now, today, the podcast episode is on how to determine what is right or wrong. And it is a question that I get from a lot of students when they are first introduced to the universal truth. And I think that there is a misunderstanding of how we proceed in expressing our truth in life when the detachment of conditioning and the reality of objectivity begins to settle into the mind. I've had many people, many, many, many people say to me when they first hear and start to practice living through the universal truth that it appears that this philosophy appears as though it gives a human license, it gives a human approval to act in ways that would be harmful to other people, animals, plants, and inorganic objects. I want to clear that up on today's episode. I want to see if we can clear up this misconception of the universal truth by offering what it means to determine right and wrong in a neutral universe. So first of all, brothers, the term neutral simply means non-subjective. The universe is not subjective. We are. The universe is not good or evil. We are. The universe is not positive or negative. We are. The universe is not a duality. We only perceive it as a duality in order to experience ourselves through the relationship between the inner and the outer. When we are living through our beta condition, we are living in an illusory paradigm of I and other. There is this idea of a false self or an ego or the beta condition that says there is me and then there is the things that are separate from me. There is me and there is the other. The transition to the alpha state is the movement from I and other to inner and outer. It is the experience of oneness that what is within me is being reflected outside of me and what is outside of me is demonstrating what is within me. Everything is you and you are everything. There is nothing but you. What we do to the outer, we do to the inner. This is the meaning of the master's words when he said, whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do unto me. Our treatment of the universe outside of us is an expression of our treatment of the universe that is within us. And our connection to the universe within us will demonstrate to the universe that is outside of us. This simple yet widely ignored truth is the foundation from which the universal truth is built and all alpha male tenets are developed. So let's first review what the universal truth is. I'm going to give you the guys the short version because this is a review. If you want to dive deep into the universal truth, you can go back and listen to the first 10 podcast episodes. I go really deep into 
this philosophy and this methodology. We begin with our circumstances, which are all neutral. That's what I mean when I say neutral universe. Brothers, everything outside of us, everything outside of what we consider to be our body, which includes our thoughts, which includes our emotions, which is certainly our actions because it is the movement of our body. Everything outside of that, the feelings, the thoughts, and the actions is considered a circumstance. It's outside of us. All the events, all the other people, all the things that are happening, all of time as it moves, as it fluxes the change from moment to moment, all of the unfolding perfection that we experience or that we perceive that happens outside of us, or at least our perception of it outside of us, is a circumstance. And that is all neutral. It's all data. It's simply data being subjectified by our mind experienced by our feelings, and then acted upon in our behavior, in our actions. So brothers, it's out of our control. It's neutral. It's there. It's happening. It is literally data. Cold, hard math. That's what it is. From there, from that circumstance, from that very moment, from that very moment that we experience the now, we have a thought about it. And that's where the subjectivity enters. That's where we begin to choose. We begin to choose in the duality of positive or negative. How do we want to experience this neutral blanket of oneness? How do we want to experience this very raw, this very neutral data? That comes through our thoughts. We choose to think. And maybe we don't actually choose in the moment. A lot of times we've pre-chosen, then we're running a story, we're running a script in our head, and that story becomes the choice. That's our unconscious conditioning. That's what usually happens when we're triggered by the very perfect, the very neutral circumstance. From our thoughts, derive our feelings. This is the biochemical nature of how we experience the signaling that occurs in our body, which gives us the movement to act. It's our feelings that drive our actions through that form of signaling, which is very biochemical. I'm talking about the biochemical universal truth. Our actions create our results, which are simply a confirmation bias for the original thought that started the entire subjectivity, that started the entire experience. It's all just a confirmation bias building machine. We're running it over and over and over. But the circumstance itself is neutral. There is no objective morality. There is no objective right or wrong in the circumstance, in the universe, in what happens outside of our mind and outside of what happens in our body. Now, here is where people get confused, all right? Because when I say that and they hear it and they're not really experiencing it, they're not really practicing it, they're not really living through it, I get a lot of questions. Students will ask, well, hey, look, coach, if everything is neutral, then doesn't that allow for people to simply do whatever they want at the expense of others, right? Doesn't allow for people to treat others in horrible, cruel, or like rude ways simply because it serves their desired results because they want a certain result. They can just treat people however they want. Doesn't this philosophy allow for a kind of detached narcissism that creates pain and hurt in our species and on the planet? If everything is neutral, how do we determine what is right or wrong? How do we discern any sense of morality? If morality is not objective, how can we live with each other in peace and harmony? And how will I know what is right or wrong if not through the process of conditioning? How will I know what is right or wrong if it's not taught to me as a child through the conditioning of our parents, which was taught to them through the conditioning of their parents, which was taught to them through the conditioning of their parents? The process of being told by others what I must believe and accept as right or wrong. These are the kinds of the questions that I get when people are first introduced to the universal truth. And they're valid questions. All of them are valid questions. 
And other people will simply reject the philosophy altogether because of their interpretation of it. They won't even bother asking questions. They'll just listen to the universal truth and say, well, that's just narcissism. That's just selfishness. That's just human beings acting and doing whatever they want because it serves their future, because it serves them. So they'll just dismiss it outright. So here is the truth, my brothers. There is no such thing as right and wrong that exists outside of you. That being said, everything outside of you is a reflection of what is within you. So the question is not, how do we determine what is right and wrong in the universe? It's not about how do we determine what is right or wrong outside of us. It's not about how do we determine what is best for everybody by creating laws and mandates and legislation so that we all confine to this uniformity. That's not the question. The question instead is, how do you determine what is right and wrong from within you? Therefore, knowing first that nothing is wrong as an objective permanent state in the outer universe, the way you then determine what is wrong is through an inner framework. And that inner framework is thus, the definition of wrong is that which does not serve you given who and what you choose to be. And I'll repeat that and then I'm going to offer some examples. Brothers, here it is. Wrong. Wrong is defined as that which does not serve you given who and what you choose to be. And right is defined as that which does serve you given who and what you choose to be. Within that framework, determining right and wrong is a simple observation of self-expression. It is a relativity within a relativity. The relativity of what is right and wrong is based within the relativity of who and what you choose to be. This is how I've always used the terms right and wrong with you since the very beginning of the podcast, since the very beginning of this philosophy, this teaching, this truth, this universal truth. It's how I've always used these terms. It is always within the context because in truth, there is no definitive, objective right and wrong. So the question of what is right and wrong is less important than the question of who and what are you choosing to be in this moment? And hear me when I say that, brothers. I'm talking about it's this moment. It's always in this moment. There is only the now of time. In this moment, based on who and what you choose to be, what is right will be what serves that expression, and what is wrong will be what doesn't serve that expression. And that expression is the expression of who you choose to be. Now, this is true at the individual level. In your individual life, this is true. However, it is most easy to observe at a collective level because what we choose at the individual level is reflected back in our collective society. If you want to see what each of us is choosing at an individual level, we can simply look at our species, the choice that our species makes as a whole. Each of you have personal examples of how this truth is reflected in your own lives. But for the purposes of example, I'm going to paint with broad strokes here. If you want to see how it's unfolding in your life, you can certainly enroll in the academy and we can discern that. We can bring your awareness, your attention to it. Brothers, we live in a wasteful, decadent society. We've built into virtually everything that we make what our engineers, what our the makers of our things and stuff call planned obsolescence. If you've heard of this planned obsolescence, it means that things are intended to break down in a certain amount of time. Cars cost three times as much and they last a third as long. Clothes fall apart after the 10th wearing. 
We put chemicals in our food so that they can stay on the shelf longer, even if it means that our bodies stay on this planet shorter. We support, encourage, and enable sports teams to pay obscene salaries for ridiculous efforts, while teachers, spiritual leaders, and researchers fighting to find a cure for the diseases which kill us go begging for money from private resources and government grants. We throw away more food each day in the United States supermarkets, restaurants, and homes than it would take to feed half the world. And this is not an indictment. It's merely an observation. You guys can find all of this by simply doing your own research. And it's not just in the United States, brothers. I know I said this country, but it's not just the United States alone because every attitude that sickens our heart are epidemic around the world. Brothers, the underprivileged everywhere must grovel and scrimp to merely stay alive while the few in power protect and increase great hordes of cash. They lie on sheets of silk and each morning they twist their bathroom fixtures made of gold. And as emaciated children of ribs and skin die in the arms of weeping mothers, every country's leaders engage in political corruptions that keep donated foodstuffs from reaching the starving masses. And yet no one seems to have the power to alter these conditions. But the truth is, power is not the problem. It's that no one seems to have the will. And it's always going to be this way as long as no one sees another person's plight as their own. It's because we simply don't care. It's a lack of caring. The entire planet faces a crisis of consciousness. We must decide whether we simply care for each other. We must decide who we want to be. What kind of a human do you want to be as an individual? I know that you love the members of your own family. You simply have a very limited view of who your family members are. We do not consider, as individuals, we don't consider ourselves as a part of the human family. And so the problems of the human family don't seem to be our own. Now, look, I understand that I just gave you guys a lot of politics, and you guys know me. I am not a political person. I'm a Jedi, right? For lack of a better word, for lack of a better adjective, I'm a Jedi. I stay away from politics. Truth and politics do not and cannot mix because politics is the art of saying only what needs to be said and saying it in just the right way in order to achieve a desired end. Politics deceive. Politics lie. The art of politics is a practical art. It recognizes, with great candor, I might add, psychology of most people, how people are psychologically driven. It simply notices that most people operate out of self-interest. So politics is the way that people of power seek to convince you that their self-interest is your own self-interest. But the truth is, brother, we cannot legislate morality. We cannot mandate equality. What is needed is a shift of collective consciousness, not an enforcer of collective consciousness. Behavior, actions must spring from beingness. And this is the universal truth. Our actions come from our thoughts. Well, they come from our vibrations. They come from our feelings, but our feelings come from our thoughts. And therefore, all of our behavior must spring from beingness. And it must be a true reflection of who we are, of who we choose to be. It's simply time, brothers, for the world to stop kidding itself, to wake up, to realize that the only problem of humanity is a lack of love. Love breeds tolerance. Tolerance breeds peace. Intolerance produces war and looks indifferently upon intolerable conditions. Love cannot be indifferent. It does not know how. The fastest way to get to a place of love and concern for all humankind is to see all humankind as your family. Every male is a brother. Every female is a sister. The fastest way to see all humankind as your family is to stop separating yourself. 
We must stop separating ourselves from each other. We must see within all people and things the reflection of our own inner universe. This is the momentous leap, my brothers. This is the momentous leap I've been talking about for years. Let go of the illusion of separation. Let go of the us versus them illusion and the I and other. It is through the other, it is through the idea of another that all atrocities are committed and allowed to be committed, tolerated in their actions, tolerated in their demonstrations. There is always this idea of an other, something different than the self, something different than the I. It is what has led conquerors throughout time to invade and colonize other peoples. It has happened throughout time. We need to let go of that. We need to see the truth. Instead, see the light. See the truth. There is nothing but you. You are everything because everything is one. See only the outer representation of yourself, the outer representation of your inner universe. So first, determine who and what you choose to be. This is the required first step, the prerequisite that so few humans take. So many of our brothers and sisters are living in the forgetfulness of self that they move through life like zombies of conditioned thought and stories. To wake up means to begin by determining who and what you choose to be and experience, and this is all of your power. This is all of what you have. This is why you are here, to determine with consciousness, with the power of your mind, who and what you choose to be in this life. So choose, wake up and choose who and what do you choose to be? This is required. You cannot skip this step. You cannot just go to saying this is right and this is wrong. You can't just take what well, you can. <laughs> Let me back up. You can. People do it all the time. We've been doing it for a millennium. We've been doing it for a millennium by taking other people's ideas of right and wrong and just assimilating into our own and then wondering why it's not working, wondering why everybody's not on the same path because it's not you. It's not who you are. It's who somebody else is. You can certainly choose to just go along with the conditioning, but I want to offer that instead you make a radical change. You make a radical change into determining with your own consciousness who it is that you want to be. Is who you want to be tolerant, loving, compassionate, generous, grateful, kind, accepting, patient, and unifying? Or is who you choose to be intolerant? Hateful, cruel, greedy, criticizing, rude, judgmental, and divisive. Brothers, once you have made the decision of who and what you want to be, the knowledge of right and wrong is clear. Right is what serves that expression, and wrong is what does not serve that expression. Furthermore, whatever you choose to be will be what you create and attract in the outer universe because the outer is reflecting the inner. Everything is one. And I'll say that again. You must hear me when I say this. What you choose to be is one, what you will create, and two, what you will attract. If you choose to be tolerant and loving and compassionate and generous and grateful and kind and accepting and patient and unifying, not only will you create that in your individual life, You'll also create it in the collective. It will vibrate out like ripples in a pond. And everybody who is choosing the same, everybody who is also choosing to be tolerant and kind and loving and generous and grateful and accepting and patient and unifying, you will attract them to you. You will attract your tribe, your tribe of people who you are through reflection, through your inner vibrating out and attracting that outer inner will become a part of your life. 
And on the flip side, the opposite is true. Look, brothers, if you choose to be intolerant, if you choose to be judgmental, hateful, and cruel, if you choose to be greedy and criticize and complain, if you choose to be rude and divisive, then not only will you create that in your individual world and perpetuate it into the collective, you'll also attract that into your life. You'll attract people that are cruel. You'll attract people that are intolerant. You'll attract people that are hateful and greedy and criticizing. It is what is on the outer is only a reflection of what is coming from within. It's like Michael Jackson said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. The difficulty comes, of course, with that change. It comes from the attachment the ego has on the story of who you are. That is why the academy is so important. That is why cognitive mastery is the first step in this change. The ego will say that being kind is to be weak. The ego will say that to be generous means to be poor. Or it'll say that those who don't work, those who don't earn and contribute, don't deserve. There's no reason for me to be generous. There's no reason for me to offer things to people because they don't deserve it. They're not out there contributing. They should go to work. They need to take personal responsibility. That's the ego. That is not you. That is not who we are as a species. That is not who we are as a spirit. We are all one. We are to take care of our brothers. We are here to raise up each other. We are here to love each other. We are here to be compassionate to each other or not. You can choose the other. You can choose not. You can choose to not raise up each other. You can choose not to help each other. You can choose not to be generous to each other. But just know that by choosing not to be, you will be creating that not and you will be attracting that not, that other people will not be generous with you. Other people will not be generous to each other because that is the creation that you're putting into the world. It's up to you. You have that power. The ego will say that to be forgiving means to be walked all over and taken advantage of. That is not true. What is true is that to be forgiving means to create a state of forgiveness in the world and to attract a state of forgiveness into your life. That's what it means to be forgiving. It doesn't mean you'll be walked all over and taken advantage of. Just the opposite, in fact. If you walk all over people, if you don't forgive people because you're thinking you're going to be walked over and taken advantage of, then your non-forgiveness, your choice of non-forgiveness will mean that you will attract to you a state of being walked all over and taken advantage of because that is what you are creating. The ego will say that to be tolerant means to condone the harmful actions of others. That is not true. The ego is the beta condition. It is the false self. It is the conditioning that we have been taught because of our own forgetfulness of who we are. We have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten what we are. This is the false self acting as a barrier to who we are. This is the illusion that creates the suffering and perpetuates the pain in the outer because it is born from the pain from the inner. Let go, my friends. Let go of the fear. Let go of the attachment. Let go of the stories that don't serve you, and then let go of the behaviors that don't serve who you are and who you choose to be. You are light. You are the light of the universe because you are the universe. We are the universe. And when you are ready to enroll in the academy and begin your journey of cognitive mastery and ego submission, we are here. We are here for you because we are you and you are us. It's time to come home, my brothers. I love you. And until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha. Your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.